The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined on this show by Hayden Winks from Underdog Fantasy. Every single week, Hayden or Josh is going to join me on the show for this episode of the show because we are now presented by Underdog behind the scenes. I wanted this to happen really bad because I'm just a huge fan of Underdog. You guys know you can sign up with the promo code GRID right now and you can get a free entry into the Pick'em contest that they're running. We'll definitely talk a little bit about uh, Pick'em strategy. And uh, Hayden, I am just, I'm super pumped to be here and I'm so excited that we have real games and real stuff to talk about instead of, you know, uh, grinding out the micro edges between, you know, who should I take in round 10? I'm so over like the last second best ball picks and 18th round going over Quintess Cephas is now back in the mix and stuff. It's just, it got really tiring, but I hope you guys aren't tired of underdog fantasy all this summer because now we have daily contest and there's going to be more things coming too. So uh, it's not just going to be a best ball product this year. We're going to have a bunch of stuff for week one, week two, all the way through the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, there that I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about because, I mean, this is something we always talk about in fantasy is like do things that there's not a ton of content for, do things that not a ton of people are grinding, and then people see those opportunities and they just grind the main slate instead. They're yep. like, all right, great, I'm going to work on my single entry team for the main right. slate on FanDuel instead. And it's like, no, there are actually all of these games out there that are much more beatable. And Underdog is like incentivizing people like a lot like – some of these pickup lines for Thursday night look pretty soft. Like they're, they're really incentivizing you to make money on their platform, but we got to We got to wrap up best ball season a little bit here. I mean, I guess just from like a super high level, how insane is it that best ball is this big now? Like it's, it's so absurd that there, you can win a million dollars drafting fantasy football, best ball teams. We launched the, the puppy one that filled immediately. Then we did the puppy two. And then I wasn't part of the, the meeting for the puppy three sizing. And then I saw that that one was a million dollars. I'm like, we still have this $3.5 million tournament. But yeah, people people want to draft. Like that's like the basics of fantasy football. And I think that people are realizing that they like the daily games more like when September and October comes around and less so worrying about their start sit questions, grinding the waiver wire. And this way you can do a bunch of drafts um, in the off season, you're not going to get completely damped down on like Tuesday night. So I think that best ball f- for sure is here to stay, especially with some of the other products that we'll be launching eventually. Um, but yeah, the, the best ball mania stuff was absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I'm glad that uh, there's more content being provided about it. I think that was probably the biggest thing of this summer versus last summer is yeah, best ball existed previously, but like, you have people like Eric Bynford and some other people that are literally only doing best ball content that's it. 
And that's pretty exciting for the industry as a whole. Yeah, super, super exciting. Um, it's always like the form of fantasy that I think I've liked the most. Like I, this is gonna, this really like I, I put on my boomer head here, but like I remember having to make every pick on MFL 10s via email. There was no tournament. You were just in 12 man self-contained leagues and like you won 110 bucks for first yeah. place. And that was like what it was. And it's just this whole big thing now. So obviously people who follow you on Twitter, they know about the charts on charts on charts. They know, they know that you love a good data visualization, good. lots of, uh, lots of good win rate stuff, you know, expected points. But I, so I think you're uniquely qualified to talk about this. What do you think all of our research being put into drafts in real time is going to do to win rates? Because obviously what we saw as the summer went on is everyone realized, okay, we got to take rookies because rookies are going to, they break out and they have these disproportional rewards at the end of the season when the points really matter. Oh, we got to stop taking running backs. We got to start taking wide receivers. And I, I just am very curious to see what that does to the data a year down the road. Like, what are we going to learn from this season? The biggest change was the running backs versus wide receiver pricing. And I think there's a, a definitely good reasons why th those two shifted. The running backs are, were literally being drafted about one or two rounds later once you got past like the top 12 or 14 running backs. And that was like a justified move. But now I'm wondering if we took it too far and that some of these like dead zone RB guys or some of the, the heavier running back builds, if you're talking about like three running backs within like the first 10 rounds, if those win rates are actually going to adjust back and that we uh, just kind of went over too much with the running backs versus wide receiver thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting just because there was a lot of content, I think, earlier into Best Ball Mania that was kind of being driven bit based off of full PPR and some of that stuff. And I don't think that, that that's completely the right way to look at it. I think that half PPR Best Ball is way different than like full PPR redraft league just because yeah. what you can do with the running back position. So I think by the end of like August, I, I started noticing more people kind of giving up on the full PPR redraft uh, advice and kind of actually hunkering down with the, the half PPR best one, because I think that was like the biggest edge was like realizing that there's a difference between those two formats. One of the things I am terrified of is that the best value picks end up being Melvin Gordon yeah, Josh Jacobs, James Connor. Uh, you know, uh, who who were some of those other like fifths? Uh, Miles Mike Sanders, Davis. right? Yeah, Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. Yeah. yeah, because I think that the teams that took those guys are going to have a different roster construction than lots of the other teams that make the playoffs. Like they're gonna like if Mike Davis has an okay regular season, but ends up having like just you know a, cr a just crushes the playoffs. That's going to be a really unique roster construction. And I just like, I am just seeing this movie play out in my head where Josh Jacobs has 22 half PPR points in week 17. And he ends up being this like 16% win rate guy because so many teams in best ball mania two were drafted with four running backs, two of those running backs being, you know, AJ Dillon and Tony Pollard, right. Or AJ yep. Dillon and Alexander Madison. And I mean, we're going on, we're, we're, we're going on year three of Tony Pollard going in the 10th round of drafts, despite, you know, never doing anything. That's the thing with like all the win rate data, especially like after this next season, we'll have two years of best ball data or best ball data on underdog. And I think that's like getting enough of a sample size where you can start reaching some conclusions. But if Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott missed the entire season, then you have like all this Tony Pollard, Alexander uh, Madison win rate stuff. It's going to just like completely throw off everything. So I don't think the game's going to be completely solved for a couple more years 
for sure, just because we're dealing with smaller sample sizes. And um, like we just saw this last season, one, one win rate stuff could be completely changed just because the market price prices differently on each position. So um, we'll see Like the other thing was like three quarterbacks versus two quarterbacks. Like I, I think that a lot of people were just jamming in two quarterbacks and never looking at three quarterbacks. But I think that this last year, um, the, the influx of like the rookie quarterbacks kind of make, I think three quarterback builds more obtainable because I don't think that the gap between the elite quarterbacks is going to be quite as wide as it was last year when kind of all those rookie quarterbacks and some of the aging quarterbacks weren't the dual threat guys. So um, it's just going to keep changing every single year. Like I always want to be data focused with all this stuff, but you have to like understand that there's going to be different prices and just different players in the player pool overall. The three quarterback one is interesting because you know, on one hand, you can say, well, you, you literally can only get points from one of those guys, right? Like you, you max, you, you can only have one. So if you take Dak and Trey Lance and Derek Carr in any given week, you're only getting points from, from one of them, even, even if Trey Lance, you know, starts in week two or whatever. Um, but the, this, this season is so unique because of the ceilings offered by Lance, by Fields, by Trevor Lawrence. Like, I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if we'll ever see anything like this again where, uh, I mean, really four. Uh, Mac Jones, I, I think, has like very little fantasy ceiling, even if he's right. a good real-life quarterback. But I, I don't know if we'll ever see those guys come in again and see four rookie quarterbacks going in the top 15 of redraft. And like, if those guys all crush, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have this hilarious impact on the teams that make the finals. Because, you know, if Trey Lance scores like 20 half-point PBR points a game – like Kyler and Mahomes teams are just like dusted off because they spent all this right. draft capital where they should have been taking wide receivers. I also think like uh, we got to watch out for Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford. Like I know they're, they're just in pocket guys. They don't run, but like those two offenses like could really crush. And those guys were being priced like around those, those rookies as well. So I thought that this year, the, the depth at like the, the high end quarterback two market this year was really, really strong. And we did not have that last year um, at all. So I, th I thought that if you went like Tom Brady, uh, Justin Fields, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or some, somewhere in that group, I thought that was totally justifiable. The other thing we always have to talk about the three quarterbacks, like, yes, you can only start uh, one of them, but you're drafting your 10th wide receiver. Like, you can only start four of them, too. Four, so it's, it's, right. it's, always, it's always a given pull here, and it ultimately just comes down to when did you draft your positions in the draft? If you drafted two running backs early, stop drafting running backs in rounds five, six, seven, and eight. If you drafted an elite quarterback, you're only drafting one more and it should be like in that Baker Mayfield area and you shouldn't draft three quarterbacks. So really it's just, there's diminishing returns to at every single position. And I think just always assume that you're right in the first five, six, seven, eight rounds and you'll be okay. Well, and there's even more micro layers too, because it comes through point distributions. Like it might just happen that Dak Prescott and Derek Carr have the absolute perfect point distributions where every week where Dak right. does poorly, Derek Carr has a good game or, or make it three quarterbacks, right? Make it, uh, you know, make it Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston. And they have the absolute perfect point distributions. And that was actually like the nut roster construction. And something I've been thinking about is, you know, obviously Sims is like the, that's like the topic du jour in DFS. People are talking about, Oh yeah, I do my Sims. I got my leverage. I have these perfectly constructed, my Mona Lisa fantasy lineups. And like, yep. I don't know how close are we to people figuring out how to do Sims for best ball? Like the computing power needed is obviously like 
I mean, it's like almost infinitely more than you would need because you're doing all these individual games, what's 256 games in an NFL season. And, but someone's going to do it. Like I guarantee someone is going to start trying to figure that stuff out. I think best ball content next year is going to be, there's gonna be like twice as much of it. I I think that everyone realized this year, how big the space is getting. And then I think there's gonna be a lot more content. I think that deservingly so I think the market for it's, it's like really, really starting to pick up fast. Yeah, I think probably like two million to first next year for for Best Ball Mania three. I mean, I we gotta no, see how big I mean, it gets. I have no idea, but yeah, I, I would I would guess it's gonna be bigger. Yeah, and something I would love, I, I think would be great about uh, that the underdog could offer is like different contest types, right? A super flex best ball contest, uh, accumulative points instead of the playoffs, right? Because that definitely yep. changes the strategy. And you know, obviously they were like super heavy in customer acquisition for the last four months. And if they, you know, I, I hope, you know, that the user base grows where like they feel comfortable offering different stuff like that. Like they did the rookie sophomore one, which is, uh, which, which was a cool game. I did, I threw some entries in there. Like I would, I would love to have those options. Superflex best ball would be like just such a, a mind meld and a difference from what we already do. I would assume that we'd like to keep one tournament where you can draft throughout the entire season. Like best ball mini is sure. literally going to fill like a couple hours before week one and that's really cool because there's like all that game theory stuff with like daryl henderson injuries james robinson injuries like how do you adjust with that but i, I like that idea of like using like uh one of the puppies is a super super flex puppy yeah that fills in like two three weeks and then the next one is uh maybe it's like a sleepers only where you only have like players in the the player pool that are like after pick 100 or something. oh that would be amazing yeah so yeah, a bunch of there's a there's a bunch of stuff that we can do so um luckily we've, we've hired a couple more uh devs to help us out to work on all this stuff yeah. Um, so, so that stuff, you know, it's all well and good. We're all very excited about, about best ball. We're all feeling good. Uh, we are a little burnt out though, about talking about yes. like Antonio Brown's value in the seventh round. So I thought we could start talking about some of the stuff that you can do on the site now. Cause that's going to, when, when we do this show on a weekly basis, we're going to talk more about the pick em contest that they are running and about battle Royal. And I guess let's, let's start talking about, battle royale and then we can end with uh with some pick'em chatter so what is the battle royale game so it's a mini fantasy draft where it's depending on if it's a single game slate or if it's like the entire week one slate we're drafting with either three players or six players and it's just like three rounds or six rounds so you're only talking about 12 flex positions for the single single night stuff so like thursday night football we throw out Dak Prescott and Tom Brady, but you get down from your Zeke Elliott's all the way down to your Dalton Schultz will be getting drafted. And it's just flexes. And you're just trying to win uh, not only your own little draft, but in a bigger draft, kind of how you're looking at like best ball mania too, where you, you win your league and then you advance. Well, this is just a single game contest. So you're competing against everybody, not just people you're drafting against. But the big thing is just because there's only like 36 people that are being drafted for the, the entire week one slate, the best thing to do is obviously you're dealing with correlation, but like there's only 36 players out of all of week one that are being drafted. So someone like that, like the uh, T Higgins probably isn't being drafted in most drafts, but if you wanted to differentiate, it's probably best in your last pick or last two picks to go outside of that top 36 overall, scroll down a little bit and then pick somebody from that. Because I think if we look back at the data, we're going to see that all the people that are being drafted are coming at like the top six quarterbacks the top six top tight six ends. running backs. And, and, and if you drafted the ninth tight end and he scores two touchdowns, well, guess what? You just lapped the entire field. So I think this is a really cool way to kind of game theory 
yourself out of the top six picks and avoid the chalk, but it's just like all the DFS stuff. It's correlation and it's finding low in plays. So that is, I think the perfect example of where a little bit of persistence, a little bit of grind and a little bit of effort is going to give you plus EV rosters. Right. And it's very easy to contextualize this in a DFS uh, context, like listen to any DFS podcast this week. And they're going to be like, all right, well, Marquez Callaway is the chalk. So probably don't take him and take, you know, Rondale or Terrace Marshall or whatever. So like you, you transition that thought and you're like, okay, you know, well, everyone's obviously taking uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but like, what if I take Rondale Moore? Like I'm going like way off the board, like Rondale Moore. uh, So this week, the battle Royale has a max entrance of 22,554 of those entrants. I would guess Rondale Moore will be drafted by like, a hundred of them maybe like maybe like you're talking about a guy who goes in like the ninth tenth round of best ball mania two here at the end it's the first week people are and people are on that game right so you're like even actually applying leverage to other people who are taking guys from that game and it's a 30 second clock where you don't have to like like usually dfs you have all week to think about all right how am i going to get this exact little correlation but this it's it's even crazier than like your typical best ball drafts in the summer because like you really need to get max correlation just for this one game. So I think that's scrolling down and being pretty cognizant of that. And the, the second part is, is there's a lot of game theory at like the one onesie positions like this week, battle Royale, the tight ends, you have Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are on the slate. And then there there's no Darren Waller. Then you have Hawkinson and Pitts. There's no Mark Andrews. And then there's a huge drop to Robert Tunyon and that's yep. five. So somebody is getting completely left out as there's their six tight end. So there's also like this thing, all right, when am I drafting Travis Kelsey? I don't want to be the team stuck with Robert Tunyon or punting it all the way off and have to all of a sudden be drafting Cole Komet. So there's a, there's a bunch of little game theory stuff. And like you said, at the top of the show, there's not that much content being built around this at all. So if there is an edge, I think the time to exploit it is like right now when people are still like learning the game. Yeah. You know, another thing would be, so like the, the correlation game, I actually think like our correlation brain might break us a little bit too, where like, honestly, it's like, uh, it's like Pavlov's dog. Like I open the underdog app and I'm like, okay, I'm in battle Royale. I took uh, Christian McCaffrey with my first pick or whatever. Okay. Now I need to make sure to get my quarterback with my wide receiver, but actually the smaller the contest and the fewer people you need to beat like probably the correlations are going to matter a little bit less. Like you probably just want to be taking there. There's probably like, I mean, definitely there exists the optimal approach of projected points versus how many of your opponents are expected to take those guys. And I I have a sense that people will not be drafting that way. Definitely. I think that it's, it would be very easy to over correlate just like to detriment to yourself. Like if you drafted Patrick Mahomes this week, I don't necessarily think that you need McCole Hardman because McCole Hardman, the chance that he's a top six wide receiver this week is still pretty low. And in, in like in standard DFS, if, if McCole Hardman has the wide receiver 16 week, you're looking pretty But in this game, since you're only drafting um, six players total per team, uh, you don't need to go that far down. But like the perfect example would be like, no one's going to be drafting Matt Ryan, but maybe this is the week where you go uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Calvin Ridley. And if Calvin really has a huge game and Matt Ryan is like all of a sudden the number one quarterback of the week, now you've already differentiated because no one's going to be drafting Matt Ryan. He'll be ranked like quarterback 12 when everyone's only drafting six overall. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the right way to frame it is 
actually to leave quarterback to last a lot of the time because they're like um the like 75th percentile Patrick Mahomes game is like four or five points better than like the 50th percentile Matt Ryan game or whatever. Like so many of these quarterbacks are going to score in between 18 and 25 points, especially because we're picking from the top of the pool, right? We're picking from Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill. And those guys are going to be in a pretty tight range. Now, definitely I think the the interesting guy and he's not on this slate but of course he will be in weeks in the future is Lamar because in this scoring specifically Lamar like breaks half point PPR scoring with no bonuses um you know rushing touchdowns worth six points uh the the passing yardage you know it's all it's all about the rushing yardage for him and I I wonder if unstacked Lamar like naked Lamar is actually like one of the picks that you want to be chasing in in these Definitely. I would say like someone like Marquise Brown, it's, it's hard for Marquise Brown to, to finish like the top five wide receivers overall. So with like Lamar Jackson, to me, it'd be like if you drafted Mark Andrews in the, in the second round or whatever, because I, I do think the elite tight ends are going to fly off the board pre- pretty early. Like you saw that how much of you did need the, the three man contest or the six man contest. Like Travis no. Kelsey, Travis Kelsey would go like one one like over the CMC teams just because of that huge elite tier. Um, Cause everyone's just so scared of being left out of, out with the the tight end stuff um so you're there's just gonna be so much little game theory stuff and like really like me i'm trying to provide content with all this stuff but this game's still so new and it's so not figured out yet that i think that it's a a good spot to kind of grind out um some edges yeah i mean if you are like if intuitively this format kind of makes sense to you like if you pick up your your underdog app right now and you're like okay you know like i'll go i'll go enter into a battle royale and like you just start to figure it out a little bit easier it would definitely be something I would say to like allocate more resources to like your expected edge in the $50 single entry on DraftKings is going to be way smaller than your expected edge in this. If you spend any time working on it at all, like, or any time like consciously thinking about it. There's a reason that I think Justin Herzig said that like he was grinding three man, six man contests. Like it's like literally max entering every single bit he could because like there's just no content around those, those two things. And this is like basically that same exact product on the DFS thing. And this is the, the format where you kind of roll over that ROI for 17, 18, 19 weeks, all the way through the, the playoffs. So I, I think it's a game to, to definitely learn um, just because I don't think, I think a lot of people just like put in $5 on it and not really understand all the, the intricacies of it. And I think that the, this is a spot to, to win at. Yeah. All right. Well uh, let's uh, let's give out some picks then some of the guys that we would maybe be interested in for this first week. You know, I mean, I, I think that, like uh, quarterback is an interesting decision because I, I think there's like kind of like a premium tier and it would be Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. And then I think that after that, like I, I could not fault you for viewing all the other quarterbacks after that, like basically the, the, uh, the same way. Definitely. Yeah. And I, to me, Kyler Murray is just like in the absolute perfect spot. Titans and Cardinals, both top three in neutral pace. Both of their defenses are not very good. And like, this would be an opportunity if you drafted like DeAndre Hopkins for a huge game and AJ Brown, your last pick to be Ryan Tannehill. And I don't think that that many people are going to be drafting Ryan Tannehill in this just because it's like the top six quarterbacks. So like that would be a, a good way to, to kind of stack up uh, this game. But I think like just based off like regular DFS, I don't think you need to have like four people from the same lineup. Like a, a stack could just be. No, I, I think that's bad. I, I, I think it would be think- bad too. Yeah, I think that I think that because you only have six lineup spots and one of six teams in every league is going to have access to Christian McCaffrey 
Um, I, I, I think that I think that the overcorrelation is bad because the likelihood of a quarterback one, a wide receiver one, and uh, the wide receiver four and the running back two all coming from the same game is like fairly low. For sure, I agree with that. Yeah, because there are there are no salary cap constraints, and like we're even thinking about this like in DFS terms. But when you when you switch from salary cap constraints to just like round constraints the roster construction becomes much different. Like, I mean, the reason that we talk about stacking so much in DFS and in best ball is because you are using like a set amount of capital. Like if you think about, uh, you've talked about this and Karain has talked about this, but like assigning a dollar value to each pick or to each round. But when you only are making six picks, the dollar values, like I would assume the dollar values of round of your first and second picks are very high. And then the dollar values would really diminish three, four, five, six. Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. Um, what about running backs? Do you have any good running backs here? I was going to throw out. I mean, Alvin Kamara is just like in the absolute nut spot. You came around. You were uh, one hundred two for for Kamara, right? Yeah, I, I by right. the by the end of the puppy in Basketball Mania two, I was taking him second over Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I have in in full PPR this week. I have Alvin Kamara projected for. 24 points which i i have him projected a hair over dalvin cook in full ppr which i think is a hot take like i i was looking at uh cardi stuff on the blitz and he has dalvin cook higher but like i'm just looking at the market shares and everything for the saints and like i can't am i gonna give tony jones 35 percent of the backfield in week one like i don't or Taysom hill 20 percent of the rushes like i don't think i can no way. This is the desperate Saints. Like we've never seen the Saints desperate for production out of Alvin. I think that they were like properly using him the last couple of years to save him. But this is the year where like, all right, Alvin, we need we need to ride you all the way. So I think that a lot of the rushing market share stuff I think could be kind of thrown out the window. I wouldn't be surprised if we had like the, the Christian McCaffrey season this year. I mean, they yeah. need him so so bad. And just matchup wise, it's it's a good matchup against the Packers. Uh, new defensive coordinator. Their linebackers are both new and both like really like poorly paid, like under $2 million players. And the Packers got shredded um, on defense against running backs last year. So I think Alvin's going to have like a huge, huge, huge week to start. So i and then I was thinking like, okay, who are some of the running backs who are unlikely to be drafted in most leagues, but who like can completely smash. And I think there are, are two names that look unlikely to be drafted in everyone. Now, maybe they get drafted a lot, but not in everyone. And they are Nick Chubb just because they're in this horrible spot as uh, road dogs at Kansas City. And then Raheem Mostert. So I, I think Mostert probably gets drafted a fair bit. But I mean, this is like, like Antonio Gibson is like my 11th projected running back this week. Like it's a star studded slate. And if Moser gets 60% of the rushes for the 49ers in this game, like it's, is just completely wheels up. Definitely. And Moser, I don't think came off the field in the, the preseason finale with the first team offense, at least for the first drive. And yeah, I think that he has like as much 80 yard touchdown potential as anybody in the league. So totally with you and with Nick Chubb, I mean, the chiefs, like I know they're, they're, they're favorites here and it's a road game and all that stuff, but the chiefs were really bad against, the run last year i think they're like purposely doing that they just want to play too high and just let everyone run against them but i mean they were 31st in rushing epa defense last year and the browns didn't lose anybody on offense and yeah i wouldn't be surprised if nick chubb had 100 plus yards and a couple touchdowns here 
Yeah. Uh, all right. And then I guess James Robinson would be the other one, but I don't have a ton of conviction in that. But like, I guess the thing I'm just worried about is that Carlos Hyde also gets like 11 carries here. I'm really not like, I, I think that urban is adult, but I don't think that he's that much where he can't, he's going to give Carlos Hyde that much work. Like to me, James Robinson is just so much better. And I think that, I think that he, he knows that I'm going to give urban the benefit of the doubt um, to start the season here. Famous last words. Yeah. All right. Uh, wide receiver. I would guess that if we, if uh, you know, if underdog sent you into the, into the charting minds to start figuring out this data, my guess would be that this is the position that's going to reward you most for taking dart throws. Like you, you're probably going to get punished more often at running back, you know, not having one of the top six guys, not having CMC, Kamara cook or whatever, but like a huge percentage of the time, there's going to be you know, a Jamar Chase, a Brandon Ayuk, a Corey Davis, who is, you know, outside the top 24 wide receivers who go for five catches, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, just to, just to take a step back, the, the positions that you have to fill, it's one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex. So you could do one running back, three wide receivers yep. um, if you want to. So I, I do think this is going to be a wide receiver game. Obviously, I think that like you lucked into the one-on-one, you have Christian McCaffrey, and then you draft three wide receivers. I think that's like your the blueprint to upside. Uh, individual players, like I think that we can see Odell Beckham. We haven't seen him in a while. I wonder if that if the Browns are just gonna be a little more pass heavy than we're used to. And Odell Beckham's like legit back. Like every training camp report is pretty 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 good. And there's obviously um, tons of ways you can run it back with Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. So I'm definitely interested in, in Odell. He's not gonna be drafted that much. No, no, he won't. Um, DJ Shark, another one. Like I just think the the Jaguars and and Lavisca. Like I just think the the Jaguars are just going to steamroll the Texans so bad. Like I are you are you on board with this that the Texans are just going to be like I think they're going to be this year's Jets. Where like they're going to be like seventeen point home underdogs and like no one's going to want to take them. I was shocked to see that the Texans weren't projected for the least amount of points this week. Like that that blew my mind really. Like, I, I think that that should be automatic that they should have the fewest amount of points i think this might be the highest projected total for them all year especially after you see what they look like in week one yeah um all right who are some of the oh how about how about devonta smith that like that's such an interesting angle uh hurts as a a guy who i expect to be drafted pretty frequently in these he's my seventh highest projected quarterback of the sunday slate so maybe he's not a hundred percent but he should be he should be taken, you know, over Aaron Rodgers some of the time, over Russell Wilson some of the time. But I mean, like, how many times have we seen the Falcons give up these, you know, insane games to people? I'm also a huge fan of Devonta Smith. I would not be surprised if he has better season than Jamar Chase. I just, he looks so good. And I think that the one thing that's overlooked with him is he's so smart. And that's just something you heard. If you ever listened to uh, Nick Saban talk about Devonta Smith, like that was the big thing. And the Eagles are going to play a ton of zone defense this year just because Jalen Hurts is their quarterback and teams don't want to get scrambled on. And Devonta Smith is like the dude to kind of figure out the the opposing defenses. Like, I don't think that's Jalen Rager's game. I would be surprised if that's Quez Watkins' game because he's just so inexperienced. I think that they're just going to lean on uh, Devonta Smith. And he, he looked untouchable in the preseason games. Like, some of those routes and stuff was 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 pretty nasty. Yeah, I'm not – I'm not uh, – so, like, from – 
like a watching football perspective, I don't know yet because I just don't know what a 170 pound, like the guy looks so skinny. He, he really only looks like a shade bigger than Tutu Atwell to me out there, yeah. but I can't deny that like, uh, I, I can't deny that this, you know, first round draft pick, a quarterback I believe in, you know, th- those sorts of things are lining up. And then, I mean, the, the big question is who is going to be this six tight end. So we got Kelsey, we got Kittle, we got Pitts, we have Hawkinson, maybe Noah Fant. Did you know Noah Fant was hurt? They, I, we, we never knew what the actual, yeah. I just kept seeing leg and I, like, it was just super vague. Like, yeah, I, I was, the only reason I know about it was I was Googling uh, Albert Okui Boonham stuff because I was, my of dynasty course. teams are on, well, my dynasty teams are on cut day. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I got to figure out what I'm doing with him. And like the, the teams were saying, the team was saying a bunch of nice stuff about, Albert O because Noah Fant was injured, I guess. So, but we got to, we got to figure out who's the sixth tight end to take stabs on. Cause there are, you know, if Fant plays, uh, we got Goddard, we got Tunyon, we got Gasicki, Logan Thomas, Zach Ertz, Janu, you know, like there are loads of guys. I think Gasicki, this is like, could be a spot with no Will Fuller. Um, I mean, he's going to go up against Kyle Duggar, who's really athletic, but I think that this is the spot with Adam Shaheen on the COVID list where if like Yusiki's not going to get it done this week, it's going to be hard for him the entire season. So it's a really bad matchup overall, just because they're in new England. Um, but I think that this is the week where you're going to see Gesicki's snap share, route share, all that stuff. Uh, it could be the highest of the entire season. Yeah. I, I, uh, I really like that one. I'm pretty, I'm pretty long on two. I mean, two is my most drafted quarterback on, on underdog. Are you feeling, are you feeling bullish about him? Not really. I mean, I really, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what to think about him. I, after watching like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and some of these other guys break through, I'm, I'm kind of on the boomer take of, I think you have to be like a complete alpha athlete to make it. And yeah. I'm not sure if two has just like got that part of it. Um, it was kind of weird that, that he wasn't named a, uh, a team captain either. I mean, I don't know what to read into oh, that. Was no, that is, weird. that no, is that weird. It's always weird when a quarterback is not a team captain. That's weird. Jalen Hurts was a, a team captain. And I mean, Tua can't do it. That that was questionable to me, but I'm definitely willing to be wrong if Tua has has an awesome year. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to run the ball at all, though. And like the offensive line is going to be really bad. So I think that Tua is going to have the uh, a bunch of pass attempts in a lot of games, just because I literally don't think they're going to be able to run the ball at all this year. Um, so maybe he backdoors into a lot of things. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I mean, the last thing we got to talk about, we got to talk about the the pick'em games because. This is uh, like this stuff is always fascinating to me, especially when it's fantasy point related. Like I love prop games based off of fantasy points. So we only have uh, right now stuff. Oh, wait, no, they posted our Sunday games. There we go. Okay. So let's just, I'm just going to go through some of these and I'm going to fire off. uh, I'm going to fire off a Sunday parlay and we can just start uh, actually. I mean, this is the most fascinating one, right? Kyle Pitts over under 43 and a half receiving yards. Like that's gotta be Kyle Pitts remains such an enigma to me. I want to, I want to just smash this over though. I don't think he's going to play much in line this year. And like, this is the spot against the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles linebackers have been a disaster for like five years and they still haven't fixed it. So I, I don't know who they plan on putting on um, Kyle Pitts this, uh, this week. And also uh, Arthur Smith, I mean, he, he runs the ball a lot, but somehow they were top three neutral pace last year. I mean, that really surprised me. So I wonder if the Falcons are going to play with pace and they're not going to be able to run the ball like the Titans will. And then you're going to see 
Matt Ryan with a bunch of dropbacks again. Yeah, a bunch of like 44 dropbacks a game or yeah. whatever. Yeah. All right, I'm adding that in. Kyle Pitts over is added to the pick'em. We gotta make uh, we gotta we got you know what? Let's we're gonna go, we're gonna go for the 20x here on on Sunday. So we're gonna make we're gonna make five picks. Real All quick, right. can I just explain the game real quick? Just pick yeah, them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh so it's a player parlay, and you can pick up to five players, and depending on how many players you pick, that's when your multiple goes up. So if you draft five players, then the multiple is uh, I think it's 20x, and then if it's two players, it's three X, and then in between that it kind of kind of varies. So we have a bunch of over-under props, and there's also rivals, which is really interesting just because that's like head-to-head. So, like, for example, uh, tonight it's like Tony Pollard versus Zeke Elliott, and Zeke Elliott has like a 56.5 um, spread over Tony Pollard for rushing and receiving yards. So uh, you don't don't forget to click over to the rivals tab. So if you're feeling like Tom Brady over Dak Prescott on No, yeah, opener, that's so sick. Yeah, that's sick too. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm in. Yeah. This is just, it's the best dude. It's like my, my casino just never has to leave my hand. It's so amazing. Um, all right. So we got our first pick. We're taking the Kyle Pitts over. I feel very strongly that this is going to be like a 55 pass attempt game for Ben Roethlisberger. I think they're going to be down 14 zero, like immediately, which, which guy do you like the over on Juju 49 and a half Deontay 56 and a half Claypool 49 and a half. I'm with you with the big Ben stuff. I think that to open the year, this will be the healthiest big Ben will be. And, I, and he kept talking about it in his interviews this off season that last year he had to throw thousands of passes for his rehab on his elbow. And this year he kind of just took things off. I think he was like you on, on the, the Stairmaster. Yeah. This entire, this, this entire off season lost some weight. I think that he's feeling rejuvenated. So I'm kind of with you on the, the big Ben passing game stuff with the Steelers, especially against the bills. So I'm always just a chase Claypool guy. Um, there's nothing about the matchup either way. And we don't even know their all, all their roles just because the offense is changing a little bit. But like, to me, just like, there's just no way that, that Deontay Johnson is going to be better than Chase Claypool uh, in the long run. So um, I'm, I'm a Chase Claypool apologist for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't love any of the, the bills ones that are posted. Uh, it's a lot of fantasy points for Josh Allen. I mean, maybe, maybe it's all right. Uh, the, the Vikings though, I feel like, 85 and a half receiving yards is a very high line for Justin Jefferson, though I would imagine, you know, come Sunday morning, his, uh, you know, sportsbook props or whatever will probably be like 95. So that feels like a little bit of an arb spot. The, I think the Bengals top corner is out as well. So like, it's the perfect spot. Like we weren't worried about the Bengals corner. I know that you specifically are never worried I, about I'm, any corners, I'm not, but no. like when you're talking about a Bengals backup cornerback, like, come on, you got to throw a little bit of more projection on that, please. Yeah. Um, okay. Julio Jones, 57 and a half receiving yards in this game against the Cardinals where, I mean, that's like the smash game of the week. Like everyone expects that game to have loads of plays, loads of points. And Julio is 13 yards shorter than AJ Brown. And I think over the course of the season, it'll play out that way. But like the same argument for Ben exists for Julio right now, which is this is the healthiest he could possibly be. Yeah, I think that their best ball prices were justified because Julio is like a lock to miss more games than A.J. Brown. But when they're both starting out there, like I think that you can project them pretty similarly. It was like the same thing with Jalen Hurts. I always struggled because I, I wasn't always buying in that Jalen Hurts is going to play 17 weeks. But every single time Jalen Hurts is active, I'm going to be ranking him inside like the top six, top eight every week. So um, I think it's the same same thing where uh, don't look at like Julio's best ball pick and apply that to like a, a DFS game. 
that is that is like a very difficult thing to do right now is to transition your brain from like okay this is what i expect guys to do yep. over 17 weeks to what i expect these guys to do this week because like we are expecting things to change over the course of the season but the only thing we have right now is the one week like that's literally all that yep. we can go on yeah like i don't think that i think people are going to rank javante williams like as a top 24 running back or somewhere near that like it's not happening for a little bit in my opinion so like he that's yeah. like the classic one where throw throw him seven spots lower than where he was being drafted in best ball for this week yep and then my final one i think you will agree with this alvin kamara over 110 combo yards i mean oh yeah it's the only way they can move the ball like literally that yeah i mean yeah that's 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 the one that's the best one i i've seen so far yeah we uh so we have all overs here of course because we we like i'm a positive person i'm not trying to maybe i'll go maybe i'll go back and do an all unders one a little bit later but so we have kyle pitts over 43 and a half receiving yards chase claypool over 49 and a half justin jefferson 85 and a half Julio Jones, 57, and Alvin Kamara, over 110. We got some beasts out there. Some good there we players. Go. It's beautiful. Everyone, uh, I would encourage you uh, to, to get on this because eventually these lines are going to sharpen up. Um, I wonder, are you guys going to build in a functionality to have the lines move over the course of the week? Like if you guys are just getting pounded on, yeah. Kyle Pitts is over or whatever. So I think that the lines will come out pretty early in the week. Like the Thursday night ones were out there definitely early. And then throughout the week, we'll keep adding to more of them. Like all of a sudden right now, I'm looking at Zeke Elliott after a refresh. Now there's three different Zeke lines. You can always expect new lines to kind of trickle in, but yeah, we move them throughout the week based off of a lot of things. So there we go. Everyone uh, get, get in early. You gotta, you gotta do it. Um, yeah. Hayden, tell people about the, uh, the shows that you guys have going on and, and all the stuff that they can expect from the underdog content wing. Yeah. Josh Norris and I will do a preview show. We'll do live Q and a recap shows. And then I have something called the fantasy usage model, which kind of converts targets, carries red zone looks, all that fun stuff into one stat. And I think that's uh, the, my favorite piece of content to do each week. So you can find all that stuff uh, on my Twitter at Hayden Winks. There we go. Everyone follow Twitter, download your underdog app, promo code grid. You can get a free entry into the Pick'em game and uh, we will be back next week. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.